Hello and welcome to Sounding Board. My name is Dan Johansson. And I'm Maureen Smith. And yeah, so we're here. Um, we're tired. We're tired. We're, you know, living in this moment as I'm sure you are. Um, for those that, I don't know, maybe you live in another country or even then, it's like international news at this point. Um, we've been living amidst the uh, the George Floyd protests for the last, since May 25th, you mm -hmm. said earlier, was when the Minneapolis Police Department murdered an unarmed black man named George Floyd. And since then, there have just been, across the country, in all 50 states, in fact, mm -hmm. there have been protests, demonstrations. and This is the largest civil rights rally in history. Mm -hmm. Um, I think our publishing has made it clear that, you know, we side with the protesters and want to support the protesters any way that we can. Um, and so for a minute, we weren't recording podcasts just because we thought it went without saying. But I think at, the, at a certain point, we were like, we want to sit down and just record and, and you know, um, say our support, kind of talk about what's happening. You know, as, you know, two white folks, it's like, we don't necessarily we didn't want to necessarily like just be another voice in the matter but it's just starting to there's just so many things that that can be reported on so we just wanted to kind of talk a bit for as long as we can i mean maureen's still teaching all the time um yeah we're just kind of we're still living amidst for a minute too on the first day of protests in chicago maureen thought she might be like sick sick right i've had and like Thank God it's mostly gone now, but like pretty much all last week I just had this really painful sore throat, like to the point that like I could barely swallow. And I'm I'm prone to sore throats, that happens to me kind of a lot, but um, this one was, you know, especially scary because of, you know, the moment. Mm -hmm. And so we actually haven't been out to protest just out of consideration for... You know, I don't want to be like a, a like a vector. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we know people that have. Um, I've been following it closely, and we both have been following it closely. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's, it's unprecedented. It's unprecedented in that, you know, one of the things that many have said is what's wild about it is coronavirus already so disproportionately affected people of color, especially... Um, black folks and, and that's seen through the statistics across the reporting um, and so f to be in a moment like this where you know black folks also are, are being called upon to to speak to their rights um, it's just more than ever just a time that you know we need to support people and be there for each other and well i've i've seen some i've seen some dialogue about like how to be a good ally in this moment let me see if i can find it um but basically it's like you know not asking your black friends how they are because like jesus yeah. christ um not apologizing just out of the blue right unless you've specifically done something to, you know, hurt their feelings, unless you say something stupid, then, you know, apologize, but... Yeah. Being, 
using being human using your black friend as an instrument for your own guilt processing sucks is terrible is and you terrible and like maybe uh, maybe that's something you're going through in a moment like this but but to then there's if anyone can if anyone knows this tiktok meme I was trying to tell Maureen about it, and I kind of, like, butchered it, and I'm going to do that again here on the show. But I'm sure that someone has also seen it. There's, like, a meme going around of someone, like, working at a Wendy's. I think she's, like, a manager at a Wendy's. She's, like, a white lady that's, like, I guess is on TikTok. And she has an employee who's black. And she's like, yeah, we're, like, good friends. And um, she records this TikTok. It's like, yeah, everybody on TikTok's just mad at me, and I don't know why. They think I'm racist. And the, the other girl's like, what do you mean? You're not. You're so nice. And, and she's like... Yeah, I guess it's because I said the N-word, but, like, you know, I'm not racist, right? <laughs> and the other person's just like, uh... <laughs> like, I don't know, I just think it's... I think it's, um... <laughs> I... Someone can find that for me. That would be great. But but basically, this is, like, an extreme point of saying of, you know... It is... It's a complicated moment, and, like, you, there is not just one... Um... way to be you it's just things need to change and the way that you interact with others and especially other people people of different races from you like you have it has to be different than what came before well what i've been finding interesting through all this is the conversation of like the difference between saying i'm not racist and being anti-racist mm -hmm. you know like there's Everybody has internalized racism. Everybody has internalized homophobia. Everyone has internalized fatphobia. Like, it's... Those are the... Of the many tenets that our society is built on. You know, it's the, it's the society fixated on one ideal life. One ideal mm -hmm. lifestyle. One ideal look one ideal existence and from that comes all of these deeply embedded can'ts and nots and no-nos and so like everybody has that in them you know like me a fat person I have, inter I have internalized fat phobia and you know it's it is a it is a thing that everybody grapples with and something that the, the dialogue around, like, everybody has to come to terms with that. Mm -hmm. It's about what you do once you've come to terms with it. And furthermore, when we're t specifically talking about so much of what's going on right now, we're talking about police brutality and we're, you know, a, a phrase that's been around for a while, but that is, that is being echoed frequently, fairly, is ACAB, all cops are bad or all cops are bastards, whichever you prefer. Um, and, you know... And the common retort is like, well, I know someone who's a cop and they're not bad. And it's like, there are some good cops. And it's like, no, what you don't understand about what, what someone that believes in that sentiment is saying is you cannot, in the system that we're existing in, in the police system that exists, you can't do good. And the, the way that these protests and the police interaction with them has been executed is exemplary of that in every way in every in every way the system when there are i've seen multiple videos of, of people even like 
hugging cops or whatever, or like cops being almost brought to tears or and in those scenarios some commanding officer comes and switches out that that officer with another in those same scenarios you see the same officers that were hugging someone in one moment as soon as the sun sets are turning around throwing tear gas pushing people down holding riot shields and it's it's a system with rules and structures set in place to oppress um, and it needs to be dismantled and what that looks like is a complicated process but there for the longest time has not been a table a negotiating table with which to do that and you know one of the things that we definitely wanted to talk about on air was was well, how we were it's starting to I mean we'll get to it yeah. But just how we're starting to see that we're there there are concessions being made. Yeah. Something that I think is really telling is like the the dialogue surrounding like you know, oh, well not all cops are bad and you know my response to that has been like even if you know a good cop like what is that good cop doing to dismantle what's happening like right now I'm looking at statistics like every in 2019 there was a police killing in every major US city mm -hmm. and like if it were any other profession and there was that much widespread cuz like okay a police officer shooting and killing someone like is like accidentally means that you're bad at your job mm -hmm. if if there was that much widespread negligence among any other career yep you would be considered a bad blank if any you other, weren't working to fix it in any other career where human life is a is a a feature i guess a factor. A factor. You have a license if you're a doctor. That's fucking true. If you're a doctor, you lose that license. If you are, you know, found of malpractice, you know, so many cases of jobs like that where there is greater oversight. And greater oversight not just of throwing money into police budgets, but... Of and you know I'm I'm talking about what you know our our mayor Chicago's mayor Lori Lightfoot um, has proposed of of just wanting to put more and more money into the system and it's more complicated than that especially when you're turning around and empty funding schools left and right which is the same thing that Ron was doing um, as far as for Chicago local um, reporting you know there have been massive protests here. The first set of them was Friday. Does that sound right? I'm pretty sure it was last Friday. I think was it was the, last Friday, yeah. Was the f now famous... Um, you know, for those that aren't familiar with Chicago, I think a lot of you that are know that all of our CCA kind of heads to the loop. And the loop is the central part in downtown. It's where most of Chicago's wealth is accumulated. And, you know, what we saw on Friday was just exemplary of how the city was designed to protect that wealth and there's the Chicago River with bridges across it every direction 
there's the CTA that heads into it, but it can just as easily be shut down. Um, there were thousands of people in downtown Chicago, and, and Mayor Lightfoot ordered a curfew, um, and shut down all of CTA, which, you know, maybe there's an argument to be made for a curfew, but in effect, um, and I'm not making that argument, first off. Um, second, when you institute a curfew and uh, also close down CTA and close all the bridges, what you're doing is you're locking thousands of people down. Well, that's the thing no is like, like, so the timeline of all of this happening was at 8 o'clock, CTA was shut down. At 8.30, the curfew was announced for 9 o'clock. Mm -hmm. So, and at that point, bridges, so um, the Chicago River surrounds the loop. So in order to get to the loop, at some point you have to cross a bridge. Um, and the bridges were all raised. Mm -hmm. CTA was shut down. All leaving the protesters, the thousands of protesters that were downtown, 30 minutes to somehow get out of the loop. Mm -hmm. And that night, a thousand people were arrested. Yep. And there were um, organizations who opened their doors. Famously, um, the Chicago Freedom School mm -hmm. was one. Uh, Brave Space Alliance, I think, also opened a space for people to, to be in. Um, for protesters to be in. But it's, it is frightening to see what who's supposed to be a democratic mayor act in one breath in support of Black Lives Matter and in support of, you know, uh, against police brutality and in another enact, execute policy and execute actions that trap people from and, and discourage people from speaking their mind, from organizing, it's it's a dangerous time, and that's just the that's just the what to the left is supposed to be the compromise stance, because from there you have what's happened in Washington D.C., mm -hmm. where in D.C. it's been chaos of protesters. A couple days ago, they were, I think I don't I don't been following today i imagine protests haven't ended because i know they haven't ended in other places but um but they you know was that wasn't i'm not sure which night it was but one night um the protests got pushed so close to the white house that trump hid away in a bunker there's been been frightening things that that man has said on twitter um, there's been multiple members of ex-members of the staff like just yesterday james mattis put out a statement denouncing Trump because the way that he's handled this from both on both sides of the aisle has been viewed as divisive. You know, there have been Republicans that, that denounce it and, you know, and to what end maybe they agree with the aims of the protesters. We don't know, but you know, we've, we've got, 
National Guard being mobilized in some cases. I've watched videos of, of not just police, but National Guard, you know, shooting people in their the doorways of their homes with rubber bullets, like, imposing curfew, and, and you know, more and more we're seeing federal military being dispersed amongst What's frustrating the to me, what's frustrating to me is that, like, with all of the coronavirus stuff, like, you know, there's all this press about Lori Lightfoot getting in her car and driving around and telling people to go home. Where the fuck was the curfew for coronavirus? Yeah. Where was the curfew for coronavirus? Right, if that's something that you're, if that's something in your playbook, where was that before? And to that end, you know, exactly to your point, what a lot of folks are pointing out is how ridiculous the disparity between the reactions of the state between the protests a month and a half ago, the, like, let me go get my haircut protests, oh my and the God. protests now. And that's the thing, is they're not being treated the same, no matter what how you view it, that the, the reaction and the implementation of, of those reactions, it's not the same. And there's only one reason for that, and it's racism. It's systematic oppression. It's, it's obvious because those let me go get a haircut people were decrying the state in the same way. They were adversarial to the police in the same way, but because they had white skin. Yeah, there are pictures of those protesters getting in cops' faces and screaming at yep. them. If any of the protesters were to have done that, there's footage of protesters. There's a footage. There's footage of a protester in South Carolina. Who is who's on his knees saying, please, I just want to understand you. I want to love you. I want to know you. I just want to have a conversation. I just want to understand why the police are doing this. Please, I just want to have a conversation. And then a police officer comes and arrests him. Mm-hmm. And yet someone who, someone in full camo with a gun strapped to his back, can get in the face of a cop and scream at him? Unprecedented. It's, it's shocking. Um, and, you know, so I want to, I do want to kind of um, take a left turn and just talk about before we, I don't, again, I don't know how long we're, this episode's going to go, but, but there were a couple things that I wanted to talk about that are just kind of, Silver lining feels like the wrong way to put it, but just basically what the protest has been able to accomplish so Listen, far. Yeah, exactly. It's not a silver lining, it's results. Yeah. And it's, and not to say like, because it's not enough. Well, um, no. But that's why people, that's like, it's emboldening. Right. People need to continue because, because it doesn't go far enough. You know, George Floyd's not the first. You know, I, I like, I wasn't, I haven't been able to be at the George Floyd marches, but I was marching in. 2014 for Eric Garner and I've you know marched in the past and and even then police were adversarial um when I marched with for the the I can't breathe protests before um it ended in a in a standoff with the police but we weren't arrested we were shoved off but not to that this like to this frightening overreach of state power that we're seeing now Mm -hmm. and um yeah, so anyway, um, cities have, have reacted differently in, in different ways. Um, 
the one I want to mention before we get into Minneapolis specifically is, is LAPD. Mm -hmm. Um, there was a budget increase that was supposed to go from like 1.86 billion or billion. Let me look at the actual figure real quick. Um, 1.86 billion. The, their, apparently their budget was already scheduled to increase from 1.86 billion to 1.189 billion. What? Oh, to... I'm so oh, sorry. It's from, other, yeah, from, from 1.189 billion. billion to 1.86 billion was the LAPD police budget. And instead, the mayor has, uh, has said that it would uh, go to... It's going to be cutting 100 to 150 million. Yeah. So that would put it down below a, a billion. Yeah, no, we just stopped for a second because I didn't entirely understand... Um, and if anyone can better clarify, please feel free to write in. But from what I'm reading now, I've read a couple of different sources on it since we paused. Um, it would be a decrease from where the budget stands currently, which means that it's, it would put it, I'm not sure if cutting it 150, he said, basically he plans to cut the budget between 150 and 200 million. So I have no idea what that would like look like in numbers but but yeah basically a complete reversal in the way that LA is talking about its police force um which is huge I mean that was so the way that there have of course been other um things that have happened but the the timeline for specifically talking about defunding the police that was the first move, and since then, Minneapolis is in talks. Members of its city council are in talks to figure out what disbanding the Minneapolis Police Department entirely would look like. What's been interesting is like they've been talking about specifically what every aspect of what the role of the police department plays, and that goes from like that starts with like nine one one dispatch to you know, emergency situations to, you know, neighborhood watch. And what they were saying that I found, that I found the most interesting was that 911 dispatch, like, would basically, depending on the situation, would, like, triage and send, like, if there was, if it was a mental health situation, they would send you to, you know, a mental health expert. If they, if it was a, you know, health emergency or like if it was like a medical emergency like it would dispatch directly to EMTs the police wouldn't be involved yeah. like it's which makes sense like if all the police are like let's say that someone were to like let's say I were to fall and break my leg yeah right now why why is why, why, are, why are the cops coming yeah like because essentially like, you know, if there was any sort of, like, concern over, if there was concern over, like, the cause of how I broke my leg, that's a social worker's job. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there's just, in so many ways, there are alternatives to policing. Um, in, in, with a lot of what the police deal with and especially in the case of the Minneapolis Police Department. I mean, there's a case to be made for most city police departments, um, but it's been made clear recently that the Minneapolis Police Department 
needs to needs significant change. Um, so, so what's happened in Minneapolis so far has been the most change. Um, I'm sure at this point you've heard about the police precinct. I'm talking about you, the listener. Um, the Minneapolis police precinct, where George Chavon, the officer, Derek. worked. Derek Chavon, the officer, worked. Mm-hmm. I think it was the third precinct. It was it was set on fire? I think. I mean, you know, that's all. That's all well and good. I to me, what I find most compelling, what I find like the most important is like the changes that city count like the reaction from city council and like city infrastructure Mm -hmm. like yeah protesters burned the police precinct down but like that didn't enact change that was just it did push for keith ellison who's a bernie surrogate to some extent i remember um at one point i had like researched keith ellison he was running for something somewhere i don't entirely remember well, he's currently the Attorney General of Minnesota. Right. But I think he was running for something nationally or something. I'm not entirely sure. But he's been placed in as uh, HE4. Well, so what? He's the, the lawyer for... He's the Attorney General. So he's Minnesota's lawyer. But he was appointed it recently. Oh, yeah. Or I don't know if it was recent, but I know he is now. He wasn't covering it before, and now he Oh, is. so that's because it was the city... It was Hennepin County court system that was covering it. And now it's been... It has just been transferred to the Attorney General. Got it. Thank you. Um, I thought... Sorry, I thought you were talking about... Like, he had just been appointed Attorney General, and I was right. like, I have no idea. Well, because <laughs> at first, the... Um, fuck, like, your dad was a lawyer. You're better at, like... The, the, um, what's it called? The, like, the, um, sentencing, not sentencing, the, like, criminal... Charges. Charges. I was just couldn't find the word. Yeah. At first, the charges were third-degree murder. Mm-hmm. Um, but for then, just the officer. Yeah. But then after... There was an autopsy done where it showed that George Floyd's cause of death was asphyxiation, which indicated that it wasn't as a result of injuries incurred during the arrest, which would be third degree murder, but it was literally George, literally that police officer killed him. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was moved to second degree, and then the three other officers were arrested and charged with aiding and abetting. Mm Mm-hmm. They didn't do anything. Right. One conversation I've heard recently is, I guess there was a rookie cop. One of the cops was a rookie, uh, Tom Thomas Lane, I think. And during the eight to nine minutes that um, George Floyd was getting knelt on, uh, Thomas Lane, like, asked, like, "Hey, shouldn't you be putting him on his side?" And Derek was like, no, this is fine. And then he was like, hey, I'm pretty sure that you should be doing this. Like, he, like, question. He, like, basically was like, hey, you should stop. And Derek Schwann was like, no. Um, and, yeah. It's really... <coughs> We're going to put a trigger warning on this episode because I, I know that the discussion of the 
nitty gritty of all of this is triggering. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much. I hope that good comes from this. Yeah. I saw a, a video of George Floyd's daughter sitting on someone's shoulders and uh, saying, like, that her daddy changed the world. a lot. Mm -hmm. I think we're just going to end it here. I'm not even going to put the outro in. Thank yeah. you all so much for listening. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Stay safe. We love you. <laughs>